Hey listeners, it's your host, Asia. So, when producer Todd heard that Third Coast Percussion was here on the University of Houston campus where Classical Classroom lives, he descended upon the Moore School of Music where they were going to be teaching a master class. He kidnapped one of the group's members, Sean Connors, not to be confused with Sean Connery. He brought him over to the studio, made the poor guy have a chat with me, and then he invaded the master class and took video of the performance that they were doing, which, by the way, you can find on our website at houstonpublicmedia.org classroom. Uh, I'm so glad that producer Todd did this because, as it turns out, Sean Connors was so much fun to talk to, and he enlightened me about what exactly a percussion ensemble is, which I had previously thought was basically just like a fancy drum circle, which it kind of is, but it's a whole lot more, and you're going to learn all about it in this episode. If you enjoy this episode of Classical Classroom, make sure you go to iTunes and subscribe to, rate us, and review us because nothing beats it. Ha-ha! See what I did there? Okay. Anyway, enjoy the episode. There's a rumor going around that classical music can be hoity-toity. But here in the classical classroom, we beg to differ. Beethoven 5! <laughs> the idea that classical music is a zone where we have to feel restricted or we have to act in a certain way, you know, that's not going to be helpful going forward. <laughs> Isaiah is shaking with excitement oh, here. I mean, there's just so many great parts of the opera. He asked me to play his favorite spot in the first moon of the Brahms. And then he said, I started using those licks in my guitar solos. How to be classical music rock stars because there's not enough of that in this business. Occasionally I would plug in the mandolin to my distortion pedals. <laughs> I don't change my voice. And talking to classical I, music. <laughs> I'm playing classical music now. I mean, it's, it's yeah. the same 12 notes. That's what's so cool about it. I'm Daisha Clay, a classical music newbie, and I'm trying to learn all I can about the music. Come learn with me and the classical music experts I invite into the classical classroom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Classical Classroom. I'm Daisha Clay, and here with me in the studio today is Sean Connors of Third Coast Percussion. Third Coast was founded in 2005. They're the ensemble in residence at the University of Notre Dame. Since then, they've played about a gajillion shows all over the country, and they've commissioned new works by composers like Timo Andres, Glenn Kochi, and Augusta Reed Thomas. Ensemble member and technical director Sean Connors, as I said, joins us here. He's performed with groups like Eighth Blackbird and Signal. Sean, welcome. Thank you. Pleasure so to be here. So first of all, congrats on the Grammy. Oh, that, thank you. Yeah. That just happened. Yeah, we're still uh, still over the moon about it. Yeah, it was a nice surprise. <laughs> so so you went to the, the awards ceremony? I mean, I saw the picture. Yeah, we did. Guys, and super happy. We got to play there, too. We got to perform at the Grammys with a phenomenal saxophone player, Robbie Coltrane. Mm -hmm. And we played a track off of our album that was up for the Grammy. And he improvised over it. It was great. That's so great. And you won for Best Chamber Music, Small Ensemble Performance, right? What album was that? Steve Reich. Uh So it's it's an album of all... Percussion music by the American composer Steve Reich. Okay, so talk to me about what it's like to be in a percussion ensemble. So I have I have talked to So Percussion, that is the only other percussion ensemble I've ever spoken to on the show. Like when I talked to them, they were playing on these these instruments that a guy named Aaron Sanchez had invented that were they were basically a string instrument. So I felt like 
even though they were bashing on them, it was like I was hearing string music, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is it like to be in a group where you guys, at least my perception, is you just bash on things? <laughs> but like with yeah. you know, professional skill. With some, We have yeah. some nuanced bashing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's that like? It's really, really fun. I think, I think you've already kind of touched upon one of the things that makes it such a, an interesting uh, job <laughs> is that Almost all other instruments are defined by their instrument. So mm-hmm. if you're a violinist, you play violin. If you are a trumpet player, you play trumpet. If you're a singer, you sing with your voice. But as a percussionist, almost any object in the world can become your instrument. Mm-hmm. And we say to audiences and students all the time, percussion is anything that we say yes to playing. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, hearing the story about so, it, it's you know, it sounds very familiar. Um, we do play a lot of shows where we use traditional instruments, uh, percussion instruments like marimbas or vibraphones mm-hmm. or drums that are very recognizable mm-hmm. as a musical instrument. But then we also play shows that utilize invented instruments or found objects in a musical context. So what's your favorite, like, sort of more traditional instrument and what's your favorite invented instrument? I knew you were going to ask that. We- <laughs> <laughs> I hate that question because it's it's so fun to be playing marimba one day and then conch shell the next day and a tin can the day after that. <laughs> um, but I think, I think uh, well, currently we're touring a show and we're going to play it here in Houston mm. on Saturday night um, through the Society for Performing Arts, uh, which we use a lot of marimbas and vibraphones, mm-hmm. so melodic instruments that are set up just like piano. Yeah. And the four of us really do love to play those instruments and we can play harmonies and melodies as well as very rhythmic things on them. Yeah. But on the same exact show, we're playing a piece where we've built these small tabletops mm-hmm. with contact mics attached to them. Mm-hmm. And we sweep and knock and bash and do all sorts of crazy things on top of those tables. Awesome. And every sound and gesture that we make is is, uh, is picked up and it looks like choreography almost. So. Do you guys play more often with just your percussion ensemble, or do you collaborate with other instrumentalists? I mean, you just said you played with Coltrane. We fairly regularly collaborate with other musicians, and for instance, just a few weeks ago, we premiered a piece by a wonderful composer, Chris Cerrone, at the University of Notre Dame, where we're in residence, with a mezzo-soprano, Rachel Calloway. And that was an awesome experience. On our album, Steve Reich, we collaborate with two pianists for a a sextet. So we do it fairly often. When we tour, it's a little harder because it's third coast percussion is the four of us. So when we're touring around the country, it's typically with the four of us. But often in Chicago, our home base, or at University of Notre Dame, we, we collaborate with other musicians, too. I have this hard time. I guess why I asked that question is that I realize I have kind of a hard time divorcing in my head the idea of percussion from other instruments, you know? Like sure. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's um, the idea of a percussion ensemble. Like, originally I'm thinking, but how do you play with no melody? But you right. just said marimbas, of course. Like, yeah. that's... That makes sense. Well, I think that's a very common experience for pretty much anyone who comes to our concerts. They are like, what is this going to be? (laughs) How are they going to fill an hour and a half of just just percussion instruments? Um, But uh, one is we have a lot of diverse instruments on stage, and Mm -hmm. every piece is is, uh, filled with variety of sounds and colors and Mm -hmm. melodies and timbres. 
But also, uh, if you if you look back, uh, especially to other cultures outside mm -hmm. of um, Western classical music, percussion ensembles have existed for centuries and centuries and centuries. And, mm -hmm. You know, for example, uh, Western African music is driven by just drums, uh, mm -hmm. and it's intricately associated with dance, for example. Mm -hmm. So, we love when. Most people have that experience of what, what is this going to be? I don't understand how it's just going to be a percussion ensemble. How yeah. is this going to make music? And one of the things that we love doing is showing people. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. blowing people's minds. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just imagine just a drum circle all the time. Right, you know? yeah. Like, and actually very very little of our concerts end up sounding like drum circles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we should hear some of this music. Um, you guys are uh, here on the University of Houston campus doing a master class. I understand you're going to be playing a song, or sorry, a piece called Wild Sound by Glenn Kochi, who is um, the drummer in Wilco. That's correct. And uh, so tell me about that piece, and then I want to hear some. Sure. So we're, for the master class, we're going to play an arrangement of a short excerpt of this large piece called Wild Sound. Wild Sound, it's a piece by Glenn that is about an hour long and is multimedia. It has live video and recorded video art and lighting. And it's, it's a kind of an evening length experience. And we build instruments on stage what? during Wait. the process of the tune. <laughs> and then what do you mean? the sounds of us building the instruments are incorporated into the piece. So I know that's that's a lot to say, but let me let me kind of unpack that yes, a little yeah, bit. Please do. So throughout the entire piece, Glenn arranged a, a musical collage or a sound collage mm -hmm. of recordings that he has made throughout his touring around with Wilco, mm -hmm. and he organized them in four distinct scenes or acts. Mm -hmm. So the opening is very chaotic, and it has weather sounds and animal sounds and sounds of nature. And in that scene, which is about 10, 15 minutes long, we are furiously pulling materials out of things and constructing very simple instruments like little shakers or things that we can spin around and make sounds. And we interact mainly in an improvised fashion and kind of come together for some very simple rhythmic gestures in that scene. But then over the course of the whole piece, which is about an hour long, mm -hmm. things get more and more organized and we've had more and more time to build the instruments so they can become more and more complex. Mm -hmm. And eventually, uh, elements of technology are introduced. So we partnered with engineers at the University of Notre Dame mm -hmm. who know a lot more than we do about computer software, uh, such as Arduino software. Oh, wait, what is that? It's a very simple uh, computer board, essentially, okay. that you can load uh, with software to make do kind of anything. So it's a simple software language for makers and engineers. Mm. And uh, people use Arduino to do all sorts of stuff. Uh, what we did is we created some sensors mm -hmm. with the uh, engineering students at Notre Dame. And those sensors are attached to instruments that we've built throughout the process of yeah. the piece. And then suddenly when we uh, flip a switch the Arduino technology can change the sound. So say we've constructed a very, very simple xylophone-like instrument. We just saw some boards yeah. to the right length, and we played a simple melody on it. That makes sense to most people. Mm -hmm. But then we 
the table which they happen to be sitting on has these sensors on it, so we can turn the Arduino technology on, and suddenly it sounds like a banjo or a、What? completely different instrument. That's awesome. Yeah, and I believe the thing that we're going to listen to is the fourth part of、uh-huh. Wild Sound, which is the cumulative kind of finale of the whole piece. And in the original version, we are wearing gloves with conductive fabric、uh-huh. on it, and we. Touch different screws on these big plexiglass clear boards.、Mm-hmm. Kind of looks like a Daft Punk show or something.、Yeah. Uh, it's very visual. And when we touch the screws, we close circuits and they fire different pitches through this Arduino technology. You guys sound more like mad scientists than, <laughs> than an ensemble. We like to partner with mad scientists. <laughs> You're like a group of Doc Browns. <laughs> yeah. yeah.、Um, Takes a lot of gigawatts. <laughs> <laughs> So this version is the original version of the fourth part of Wild Sound that we received from Glenn. Yeah. So he composed this entirely on his own with music composition software. But the interesting thing for us was that he didn't know what instrument was going to play this. It hadn't been invented yet, and we got this track from Glenn and showed it to the engineers, and we started troubleshooting. Say,、like, okay, whoever plays this part is going to need to be able to do X, Y, and Z,、yeah. and there's going to need to be the capability of playing melodies on this and intricate rhythms and making it louder and softer and that sort of thing. Wow. Sounds kind of grainy, and that was on that was on purpose.、Yeah. Glenn liked the distorted electronic、mm-hmm. sound of it because he knew that most of the piece was going to sound. A, a lot of the piece was going to have simple sounds in it、um, mm-hmm. that were, you know, us with a shaker or hitting a block of wood or、yeah. playing on a homemade tambourine that we quickly <laughs> constructed.、Yeah. And he wanted this to sound very futuristic and、yeah. computer-like. It sounds like the future as imagined by the past, like like、um, like an '80s movie.、Um, it sounds kind of like the music for Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.、Uh-huh. Like like Stranger Things meets Radiohead. That's that's interesting. So our partner, our engineering partner,、uh-huh. his name is Jay Brockman, and he's the associate dean at Notre Dame,、uh-huh. and he built. A lot of these instruments with with his students, yeah. And he describes the whole piece as the evolution of creativity. <laughs> <Nice> . So by the time that we get to this point, yeah, it's uh, it's it's kind of what you just said, like、uh, yeah. a view of the future, but from, from the, past. the past. Yeah. <laughs> Are there demigorgons? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, when you're traveling, 
you pro like right now you guys are on the U of H campus. I'm imagining that you don't have this giant apparatus. That's that you're, correct. You're building when you're doing like your master class. Mm -hmm. How do you present the the piece? That's a that's a great question. So typically to perform it in its original version, we have ten shipping containers that we send ahead of time, and mm -hmm. we're going to be performing the full version in Oregon and in Minnesota this season. But we're performing just an arrangement of the fourth part of this yeah. a bunch around the country because with Glenn's approval, we took that original track and we put it on marimbas and vibraphones, which we use in our um, touring program all the time. Okay. And I, I was going to talk to you actually about teaching master classes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you guys are big time now. Uh, you've won a Grammy. Um, first of all, if you don't mind, uh, remind our audience of what a master class is. Oh, sure. Yeah. A master class is an opportunity for an audience to see a teacher or a master mm -hmm. <laughs> um, interact with a student and coach her or him on what they are doing. Mm. And often master classes are presented in a school setting where the audience is also all students. Mm -hmm. And probably the most frequent type of master class that we're asked to do is for a percussion studio mm -hmm. at a, a college or a high school. Okay. And in that setting, we often do three things. We like to play first just to we're all musicians and that's right you know that's the yeah. most fun thing to do yeah. <laughs> then we typically talk a little bit about our group because mm -hmm. we're we're a little rare you know there's not a lot of professional percussion mm -hmm. ensembles that are touring around making their entire living just from that right most musicians do a mix of teaching and performing mm -hmm. or composing and a smattering of things so we kind of talk about that and how our organization runs and the different jobs that the four of us do in the organization. And then what we really love to do is listen to students play. Yeah. All four of us, before quitting our other jobs to do Third Coast full-time, mm -hmm. were teachers um, yeah. uh, at all levels from elementary up through college. So it scratches that itch for us. We, we really do love teaching quite a bit, and um, it's, it's great to, to hear what uh, students are doing and to maybe provide just one other perspective from what they would get mm -hmm. um, from their, their teacher at their school. We've heard the the version of this that you play on the, the giant contraption that you build mm -hmm. and with the crazy circuits and stuff. But let's hear what the piece sounds like when you're playing it at a, in a smaller setting and when you don't have access to 10 shipping crates. <laughs> <laughs> better 
the they're robots different in, or <laughs> the <laughs> yeah yeah they're both good in in different ways yeah. yeah I really like that yeah so in this version the the marimbas uh, are the first instruments that you hear and they kind of provide the rhythmic. Uh-huh. Drive and then a vibraphone has the capability to sustain a note, uh-huh. so that's the kind of um, longer notes that you hear, the metallic, um, brighter notes. Okay. So, so you have brought with you today these very weird-looking disc thingies. Yeah, they're uh, um, crotales. They look like they're from Tron. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do with these? So these metal discs, they, they're usually in collections that are set up just like a piano. Yeah. Um, the same way that a marimba or a xylophone or a vibraphone is set up. Mm-hmm. And in the original version of this piece with the robots <laughs> and the computer <laughs> music, there's this moment where I have to switch my patch, my, uh, my Arduino box, uh-huh. to... A really, really high, almost ear piercing, like, you know, like only dogs can hear high <laughs> level right. sound. And so when we were putting the piece on marimbas and trying to make a version that we could tour around with, we got to this point with the very high sounds. We're like, oh man, what is this going to be? Wait, mm-hmm. I don't know what this is going to be. Uh, we didn't want to add too many instruments because then it defeats the purpose of making a more tourable version. Mm-hmm. So we thought of these little metal discs called cratales, which have a very clear pitch, but are much higher than a marimba, mm-hmm. and also have a really different color, so kind yeah. of fulfill that role. And I just forgot to um, give them to the other guys who were going <laughs> to the master class, so I had to take them to the interview with me, and I walked in with these three metal discs. <laughs> They've just been sitting there so, on this chair looking at us. Yeah. Like, uh, so can you... Yeah, can I can demonstrate. Do, yeah, I can, can hit them. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Um, there's a point in the piece where the low end drops out. Yeah. And um, I, I would typically be playing this on a really high computer patch, but in the live version, I use these discs, mm-hmm. and it just sounds like. That's all they're used for That's in the piece. <laughs> it's just that one little moment, but it's uh, it's nice when it happens. I like that you just are traveling around with them. <laughs> yeah, if I forget them, I get glares from the other guys when that part's supposed to come in. <laughs> I just want to sort something out real quick. Okay, so you guys are called Third Coast Percussion. Mm-hmm. I have also heard of the Third Coast Festival, which is a uh, like a storytelling audio mm-hmm. festival. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're the Third Coast. I know it's disputed. How is this <laughs> Texas, the Gulf Coast? I've always been told is, is so. This is a thing. I think we're both right. I think okay. it's just every. I think people claimed it. Yeah. So the Great Lakes. Have also claimed the third coast. Definitely thing. not. Definitely not the third coast. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm not. I don't want to get into an argument with a Texan about this because <laughs> <laughs> they look scrappy. <laughs> oh yeah, I do have a screwdriver that I played the guitars with oh, to man. defend myself it's with, get but I'm not crazy a violent in here person. So. In a <laughs> <laughs> oh, but there's a third coast beer oh, yeah. um, that Bell's puts out. There's third coast comics down the yeah. street from. Me. It's like it's this thing that, um, especially Chicago, but I think also Milwaukee and. Um, some other Great Lake cities like Cleveland kind of claim. Yeah. And um, 
we love our city, and there's a great music scene there. So. Oh, Chicago's super cool. Yeah. I, I really I got to spend, like, a week there once just kind of trekking around and looking yeah. at it. It was awesome. Especially for the slightly experimental music yeah. that we play. It's a really awesome supportive scene. Yeah. So we wanted to reflect that in our name. So that's really what that cool. means. Yeah. Well, Sean Connors, thank you very much for coming in today. I of know you got to get yeah. going. but yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, everybody, that does it for this episode. For more Classroom, go to houstonpublicmedia.org slash classroom. Follow our social media there. Email me at dclay at houstonpublicmedia.org. Subscribe to rate us and review us on the iTunes. Thanks today to audio producer Todd Neilpert-Holslander for making us sound nice. Thanks to Mark DeClaudio for his piercing Janet Weiss eyes. Thanks to Sean Connors again for taking time to be here today and for Third Coast for coming to our fair-ish city and for their help with this show. Thanks to me for saying words, but most of all, thanks to you for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>